0: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome to Creature Feature, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and on the show we like to dive into the brains of people and animals and find out we're all pink and squishy on the inside. Speaking of inside, today we're talking about introverts. Fish who want to stay inside all day and play Fintendo, an animal who doesn't want to see anybody right now. In fact, it's completely ditched its eyeballs. And spiders who should be called Shiders because, you know, they're, they're very shy. Discover this and more as we answer the age old question, isn't it about time we all got a cloaca? So lots of animals are shy in the sense that they don't really want to be eaten. Being timid isn't necessarily a bad thing, especially when you could make a tasty meal for many predators. Even those doing the eating may want to keep a low profile so they don't scare away potential prey. Being introverted isn't a bad evolutionary strategy, but some animals take it to the extreme. Not that I can relate at all being a total party animal. Joining me today is co-host of the Gamefully Unemployed Podcast Network and former snail farmer, David Bell. Hi. Welcome, I, Dave. Uh,
2: thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
1: Do you want to explain really briefly why you're a former snail farmer?
2: I got an aquarium in my 20s and we got two snails for it and then it became 50 snails because they really like to uh, mate, I yes. guess. Yes, uh, and that's it. That's the that's the end of the explanation. And then, <laughs> and then I don't know what happened to that mm. tank. I think we gave the snails away mm. because it was just too much to handle.
1: Too too many in mouths your, to yeah, feed. Yeah, in
2: your twenties, it's a lot of responsibility is having that many snails.
1: I actually currently have that situation. I have an aquarium which is mostly snails now.
2: Yeah, they're a virus. <laughs> I love them. They're these little yeah. goopy little things, but well, like, yeah, it can really uh, snails can really take over yeah. in your aquarium.
1: Yeah, I think they're the the ram's horn snails, and those are they're the ones with the sort of like ice cream cone shaped shell, and they are just unstoppable. The, I'm I'm going to become a snail woman. Like they they will be this apartment will be snails soon. Right? Yeah. So, Dave. Today, I want to talk about some introverted animals, and this is going to be really hard for us because we are both just total social butterflies. To- you know, it's, go- it's going to be hard. It's going to be mm-hmm. hard for us to relate to these introverted animals. I right.
2: Think. I just got to go out all the time. Yeah. That's, what, that's me. Everybody's like, look at Dave. He's always out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. The quarantine stuff. is like a big departure from my normal routine, where I was going out every day, hitting right. the town, painting that town red. Oh going, yeah, bumping el- elbows, going to parties all the time. For Just sure. randomly,
2: randomly approaching strangers. Yeah, talking to strangers. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, that's my favorite. I do love yeah. to talk to strangers. Eye I'm contact. so good at it. Eye contact with
2: strangers that you pass. Making
1: phone calls for fun. Just calling someone up on the phone, you know?
2: Oh, it's the best.
1: It's the best, yes. Mm. But we will try to empathize with these introverted, shy animals as hard as it is for us. Uh, Yeah. The most gregarious people in the world. So, (laughs) Dave, have you heard of the way that eels are coping with the quarantine times?
2: Huh, I imagine they're uh, slithering in the water a lot. They're in holes. Mm. They pop out of holes and freak people out. Yeah. Just doing the eel stuff, you know? Opening their mouths in a weird way.
1: Yeah, you're not too wrong. You've already... This is good. You've got kind of a baseline understanding of the whole eel vibe. So now we're just going to kind of fill in the blanks and learn all about eels. Because they are one of the... I love these guys. They are just a bunch of shy, like little spaghettis, little pool noodles who are like the most adorable grumps to me. They love to sink into a hole and look at you like they're telling you to get off of their front porch, even though they don't have a porch.
2: They got a real grandpa vibe. You've seen those videos of people petting eels like dogs?
1: Yeah, yeah. That
2: What's, what's up with that? That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, actually, I was going to talk about that uh, so, probably the eels that they are petting may be morays, and as we will discuss soon, they can actually learn to be friendly towards humans, but it's not actually the best idea to pet a wild moray, not because it'll hurt you necessarily, but because that's not good for the wild morays or for the reefs. But first, I want to talk about a little tiny eel that is about, I don't know, the size of a pipe cleaner, and it is the spotted garden eel, and so the... Sumida Aquarium in Tokyo is growing concerned that their introverted garden eels are going to forget what humans are and grow even more introverted and afraid of people now that there are no visitors because of the lockdown. And so the aquarists are finding that it is difficult to take care of the eels and check in on their health because they have literally forgotten what humans are and now they're getting spooked. Like, it didn't take wow. very long. They've just forgotten, like, what a person is. And Good so they're for like, them. Yeah, just like, I want to check up on your eel health, you know, like, yeah. put a little tongue depressor down your eel mouth, and they're like, who are you? I don't know who you are. <laughs> they're like, what are you? <laughs> what what <laughs> in Sam's Hill are you? <laughs> you have thi- things coming out of your body, and you're not shaped like a little noodle. I don't know what you are, and I'm not... I'm, Frankly, I'm not having any of it. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, like our hands kind of look like mouths, like you can make mouths with your hands. Right. Like like puppets. And our feet kind of have like things on the end. So we must look like a big eel with a bunch of little eels coming off of them. Like, imagine a person like that, where it's like a person, but then there's just people growing off of them. A bunch of people
1: growing out of them. I mean, the whole concept of hands and feet are probably really offensive to eels. Yeah just kind of like why would you grow this like right. offensive protrusion out of what could be a perfect noodle body
2: you're right they look at us <laughs> and they're like that's excessive that is what are they doing they yeah ju- you need you just need daunting. the one the one long thing yeah. and you got the, the grabber and it grabs and eats
1: shoving your arms down our throats really yeah so in order to make sure these eels don't just go completely feral and forget the, the touch of a human hand, they have set up a bunch of tablets with FaceTime on for the eels to look at, and they've asked the public to call in and FaceTime with the eels so the eels once again become accustomed to to human faces.
2: Okay, why aren't we doing that right
1: now? <laughs> Please FaceTime with the eels.
2: I'm going to do that all all day. All day.
1: <laughs> I'll link to an article. I'm not sure. I, I hope this is still going on. I think you can only call at certain hours. I'm hoping it's international. I'm not sure if it's just like they, they only accept like local callers. But yeah, I will definitely. If there is a way to FaceTime with these eels, I will link you to it. And... Oh, they did mention in the article I read, like, if you do FaceTime with the eels, don't don't bogart the eels. Don't hog them. Like, only spend five minutes because oh. other people are eagerly wanting to FaceTime with the eels. So, you yeah, know. Yeah,
2: that's going to be a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to just have the eel channel on in yeah. my apartment all Dave's, day.
1: Dave's going to be on eel cam, like, yeah. all day. Yeah. 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 So, I, I do want to talk a little bit about what garden eels are. Dave, I have a few photos in the dock here for you to look at.
2: These are the first ones? Oh, no. Look at their little faces. (laughs) Look at their little stubborn little faces.
1: They, yes, they look very grumpy.
2: Yeah. Oh, and I see the FaceTime. That's terrific.
1: Yeah, just these floating people looking at the eels with the light.
2: I don't know. It looks looks like a haunted house or something.
1: Imagine like being one of these eels and you <laughs> pop out of your little burrow and there is just a person's face floating there.
2: Right. They're going to be like, well, this doesn't make me like humans anymore. Like <laughs> now they're like 1984-ing me. Like they're doing some, some weird Big Brother stuff.
1: It's like it's eel Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It
2: absolutely is eel blade runner. The (laughs) eels are living in a dystopian future. (laughs) Like a cyberpunk future. Because it's also like these blue
1: lights and stuff in the aquarium. Yeah. Uh. Cyberpunk eels. Let me let me tell you a little bit about the spotted garden eels so you can get a sense of these grumpy little little noodles. So they are a species of eel that they look like little pieces of spaghetti and they hide in the sand, so they burrow down into the sand. So when you see them, you don't usually just see them swimming around in the water. They're usually just poking their heads out of the sand or poking out maybe like a third of their body length out of the sand. And that's why they're called garden eels, actually, because they all stick out of the sandy floor like a plant, and they live in clusters, so they kind of look like weird ocean grass. And they can grow up to about 15 inches long, so that's 40 centimeters, with only a half inch diameter, so 14 millimeters. So yeah, they're just little long tubes, big old Yeah. Tubes. If if I saw one in
2: an aquarium or close up, they'd be very cute. But I imagine it's extremely unnerving if you're diving and you see mm-hmm. what you think is g- grass and it yeah. starts slithering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, i can see them being creepy uh yeah i I can see them like triggering a very specific phobia in people that they didn't even know they had
1: yeah imagine snorkeling and you're just kind of like floating around and you're you feel like some like grass on your tummy and you're like oh that tickles and you look down and the grass is just like got these eyes and this really grumpy little face right
2: they're like a jim henson character yes yeah the
1: yeah, the mouth is downturned and really close to the eyes, so it looks like a really grumpy muppet. Yeah. It remember the um what are the aliens from remember the, the those like uh nope, nope 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 aliens?
2: I do, but not enough to identify them beyond what you just did to describe them.
1: Yeah, they were a Jim Henson puppet that was basically like a sheet of fuzzy fabric and then like right. a big big mouth and they would just go, yep. Yep, 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 That's, in
2: uh, retrospect, nope, 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 nope. in retrospect, that feels real lazy of him. Like, <laughs> that feels like a last minute Muppet that they were like, we just need a Muppet for this segment. Like, I don't know, put a sheet over his hand.
1: They have an extensive character Bible with a backstory and like <laughs> how they had to escape their home planet because of their planet's version of global warming and they had to escape to Earth and now they're desperately trying to warn humans not to make this mistake, but they kind of condense that Into them just saying, yep, 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 yep. yep, yep." yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) So it is a sort of cream color and covered in black spots and it has yellow eyes. They are found in the tropical oceans near Japan, Eastern Africa and Polynesia. Uh, They dig burrows into the sand so they can quickly zip into the sand to hide from predators and stick back out to catch drifting food. And they basically spend their whole adult lives in these burrows. And during mating season, they'll just make burrows closer together so they can still mate while being homebodies, just carefully scooching their burrows together.
2: As it should be.
1: It's like moving next to someone. Like there's an apartment complex and there's someone you want to date. So you just like move next to them. Right. And it's like, well, you know.
2: I do think, I mean, I, I know people just don't have the income to do this. I do think there should be a step between moving in together and dating where it's, do you want to mm. move next to each other?
1: Want to be neighbors. Yeah,
2: let's be neighbors. Let's see if yeah. that works. Because then you know how noisy they are. You, right. you sort of know how they live day to day.
1: Um, If you can get along with someone as your neighbor, basically, you can have a a marriage that lasts until you die. Yeah, because it's hard. It's hard to get along with a neighbor. I have a neighbor that like just leaves garbage outside and like raw chicken cutlets on the staircase sometimes and just wants like a whole pineapple. So in that case, I understand like, okay, so we wouldn't work out in a marriage because I don't. I don't like to put pineapples outside.
2: Right. I know I'm the weird neighbor because like my, my neighbor leaves her door open and she has a dog and I'm just sort of like squinting at the sun and we'll just grab whatever package is outside. I live <laughs> like the, the guys in the burbs. Like you yeah. don't see me much. And then when I come out, I'm a nightmare. But uh, now
1: that's just that's just normal, though.
2: Yeah, it is sort of normal. But it was kind of always what yeah. I was doing. So, yeah,
1: well, nothing's but, but now. But now it's just like you are the trendsetter.
2: Yeah, that's true. I was ahead of the curve.
1: <laughs> so now I want to talk about what what are eels? What what are eels? <laughs> what are eels? What what even are eels?
2: <laughs> Have you seen the David Duchovny Jeopardy clip? No. Oh, uh, where one of the answers was what are frogs, and then you hear David Duchovny just go, "What are frogs?" <laughs> <laughs> like to himself <laughs> just having fun over in the corner
1: by himself Oh my god. It's a very uh, good cacophony moment. That's excellent. I yeah. love that. What what are frogs? What are frogs? Huh. When you think about it, it's a deep question. What are they, frogs? I know this isn't about frogs, but they are they
2: are weird, right? Yeah. Frogs. We never we never think about it, but it's like what are th- what is going on with you guys? Right. You guys are No,
1: I agree.
2: Weirdos, yeah.
1: I believe they should be more tube-like and fewer limbs, in my opinion. (laughs) So eels are an order of bony ray-finned fish with elongated bodies. So they are a fish. They are not a snake. They are not a piece of linguine. Their fins have fused into a single sail that runs along the top and bottom of their bodies. And there are over 800 species of eels. The shortest species is the one-jawed eel, which is about two inches long, which is five centimeters, and the longest eel is the slender giant moray that can grow up to 13 feet, which is four meters, and they can weigh 55 pounds, which is 25 wow. kilograms. That's a That's like, gosh.
2: It's too that's much.
1: A, yeah, well, you could jump rope with that, though.
2: Yeah, that's true. They wouldn't enjoy it
1: do some underwater double dutch mm-hmm. i'm not saying you should do it i'm not saying it's right to do that i think it's cruel and wrong right all i'm saying is you could that's true that's true. don't but you could
2: <laughs> you ever hear you ever hear the uh the band the eels no oh they did they did They was like 90s they had 90s fame they did uh what was it what was the song novocaine for the Jump soul rope. With they, an eel, oh. they did a song called "I Like Birds." That's like perfect oh. for you.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, how have I not heard this band before?
2: I don't know, just the one song. That's all you need.
1: Do they have a song about jump roping with an eel and how you no. secretly want to jump rope with an eel but don't want to admit it to anyone? No, you know but it's the, cruel.
2: The band is all tube shaped. They're all tube shaped. All oh, okay, them. that's yeah. good.
1: I'm imagining just like a the sort of like wacky inflatable, uh, <laughs> those like wacky inflatable tube. Dancy guys except right. like they're just made out of human flesh
2: right god do you think an eel would let us jump rope no 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 you shouldn't okay and
1: i don't secretly want to either sure sure <laughs> <laughs>
2: of course not I, I i imagine them with their little faces and you're jump roping and like they're just allowing it mm-hmm. uh and they just got that little eel face that like half yeah. open mouth face but Perpetual that's probably eel not, face yeah that's probably not how it'd go
1: well, no, it'd probably how it'd go, but the, the eel, I would say the eel's ability to express its fury is probably limited, so it would have that, like, gape-mouthed eel face, but it right. would be furious with you, planning things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the heaviest species of eels is the European conger, who weighs up to 240 pounds, and that's 110 kilograms. That's that's you know that's a lot of eel I feel like
2: A 100 wait 240 pounds?
1: Yes. That's
2: like a person.
1: Yeah, look at the fu- there's a picture of a guy oh, holding no. it up. Jump rope with me. Jump rope with me. Bitch. Try to jump rope with me. <laughs> So, eels are typically quite shy. They like to burrow into sand or live in a den in rocks or in a reef. They have all sorts of different kinds of skin colorations. So, they can be spotted, banded, patterned. They can be really pretty. And that brings me to the mores so mores are a family of eels with species found all over the world's oceans and by the way when a species is found like all over the world it's called a cosmopolitan species (laughs) When I first read, like, Cosmopolitan Animal, I was thinking, like, just an animal with, like, a martini in its hand, quoting NPR, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah, hearing that, if I read that word, I'd be like, no, that's not what they're called. Like, nice try science book.
1: It's this uh, eel just kind of like holding his AirPods with right. his weird gills and the going like, oh, subway. I yeah. just, you know, I read a I read an interesting article in the New Yorker. <laughs> so it's also the I believe the type of eel that the those eels in the Little Mermaid were fashioned after the what what are their names? I don't Oh, remember. The creepy ones. Yeah. I haven't watched
2: that in a while.
1: Goof and Jeepers. I don't really Box know and jetsam flotsam and jetsam thank wow. you so much joel our producer just told us flotsam and jetsam <laughs> you had that you had that ready she had it like locked and loaded i'm mm-hmm. i'm sort of blown over That is so impressive. the sea witch is the best disney villain and i have her whole song memorized and she called them <laughs> out so it's there All Right. Fair no enough. That, that's 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 good stuff i i do love i do love that song but i forgot that their names are flotsam and jetsam but they are mores and so, one a, a couple of ways like uh, to know what a moray is. Uh, I, I think it's good to have like a little jingle. So here, here we go. Here's a little jingle to to identify a moray. When it don't have good eyes and it relies on it smells, that's a moray. Nice. When it's got big sharp teeth and it hides in the reef, that's a moray. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There we go.
2: You're you're making my afternoon, Katie. Like
1: That's good. Okay. That's good. That's that's my singing for the day. Actually, no, that's not my singing for the day. I have been singing a lot in quarantine. Not Well, okay. I wouldn't say singing because okay. I'm not really a singer. But I have been just singing random jingles throughout the day, much to the delight of my boyfriend and Mm. my dog who have to hear it all day long. Things like, you know, we're going to take the dog out. She's going to take a big dump. Things like that. <laughs> you know, just basically bringing a little joy to normal everyday activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Exactly. It's what it's what you got it. You got to you got to find you got to find the jingle is what I do. Say. You,
2: do you sing jingles to remind yourself of things?
1: Not so much. No, I okay. sing jingles just to kind of narrate what I'm currently doing.
2: Okay. So yeah, no purpose, nothing. Yeah. Just, just getting the energy out.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely spent more time talking to my cat now. Right. because uh, who the hell else am I going to talk to?
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: We had a whole fight over treats, but it's it's over okay, with. It, we got good. it. The, we got. You've through settled. It.
1: You've buried the beef.
2: Yeah, I had to buy more treats for her because yeah. she just didn't like the other ones. Yeah. It was okay. a whole thing. Well, that's
1: good. I mean, you should have known to immediately capitulate, but that's fine. It's a learning right. process. Well, they're, the
2: temptations are trash. They're trash right. food, but she, they're okay. like the combos for cats or Doritos, but she won't eat anything else. So, Welcome like to it,
1: Cat Treat Review became... Corner, a new a new <laughs> segment in the podcast where I bring on cat treat expert David Bell, and he reviews cat treats. You should the, bring, you should, yeah, p- put me in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, what would you say is the mouthfeel of Temptations?
2: They're like cereal.
1: That wasn't, no, it wasn't, I didn't want you oh, to okay. answer
2: I, When I was little, my dad, my dad fed me cat food okay, as a joke. Okay,
1: yeah. And then that's, I wouldn't stop eating it for like a oh, week. Oh, Dave. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, that's. That's information. That is, we're (laughs) learning. This is a learning podcast and we're learning. We're learning about animals. We're learning about each other. Sometimes learning hurts, but it is learning.
2: But it's, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's, it's important.
1: So now back to learning about more rays. They are medium to large eels with long protruding snouts. And often they have these big old jagged teeth they'll leave their mouth agape and open and close it slowly and this actually helps them pump water through their gills so dave you remember earlier you were talking about like how they kind of open their mouths and close it and they have that weird expression where they just kind of it looks like they're just kind of like slowly yawning and then shutting their mouth over and over i think
2: there was a meme that described it as they look like they just told a joke (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like and they're waiting for you to yeah. laugh at it. Yeah,
1: it's it is part that is part of it. They are pumping water through their gills and they're telling a joke every time they do it. Right. What what do you what do you call what do you call a a dumbass? What someone someone with legs? Oh. and arms. Ooh. <laughs> huh. That's an eel joke. That's eel, eel, eel humor. Yeah, it's it's eel humor. You wouldn't yeah. get it. It's eel humor. So, they tend to have more mucus on their skin than other eels. That's, that's fun. That's mm. a fun thing. Sometimes the mucus is even toxic. So, that's Ooh. cool. Yeah. They are predatory, generally speaking. So, they will eat, you know, meat like other fish. And they will actually become very affectionate with you if you feed them enough fish. There was this video I watched of this diver who kept feeding this moray fish and the moray was very shy at first it took her like years to get this moray to get used to her but finally the moray just like would cuddle with her get in her arms she would like pet the moray and This is where I'm a downer and tell you you can't do that with wild mores. So if you're scuba diving, the rule is just look at things, but do not touch stuff. What are the
2: consequences?
1: Well, the consequences are, first of all, you go to eel jail, you know, like where you go to like this jail and it's under the the water and like the bars are made out of like eels. You know, they like kind of stay in place and the and you have like the the. Uh, j- what's what's the jailmaster called? I forgot.
2: Jailmaster.
1: Jailmaster is like an <laughs> a warden, <laughs> <yes. laughs> you know, the CEO of the jail. <laughs> and it's an octopus that just has a bunch of nightsticks in every in every tentacle, and he's right. you know rattling the bars, and the bars are like electric eels, which actually we'll talk about electric eels in just a minute. I was but, gonna
2: ask, so I'm glad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, you go to eel jail, but also reef habitats are very delicate and touching things can cause inadvertent destruction. And also, like if wild mores get used to human attention, they may come up to boats or fishermen or, you know, just like think it's safe to approach human people. And it's not always safe to do that if you're an eel. Here's my
2: here's my pitch.
1: Okay.
2: I, I had this revelation watching the eel videos, and I've had it with a few other things, like sea lions and seals and even fish, is I didn't realize you could pet them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, I didn't know that was a, an option, that right. like fishies and eels, and they're perfect for that. Like, they, they like pets. Why Sometimes. aren't
1: Sometimes.
2: Why aren't we domesticating the ocean more? I, I want a pet sea lion. How do I get a pet well, sea lion?
1: okay. Uh, Okay, so first of all, we do <laughs> people do actually keep eels as pets. Right. Uh, I, I don't know about the ethics of petting an eel who is a pet. Right. It, I think it probably depends on the type of eel, on its personality. A lot of fish have that sort of mucusy stress coat. So if you actually touch a fish and pet it too much or pet it at all, it can distress the fish and it sheds that protective coat. And that makes it vulnerable to... Uh, disease. I don't know if that's like just always the case. I've seen some people like basically pet a koi fish and it seems to enjoy it. You know maybe like limited touching of certain fish is okay. I don't know. I can't give you a list of fish to touch so I would say don't touch any until you like find out like the list of fish you can touch and generally speaking I would say any wild fish or any wild Basically, any wild animal don't touch that. Right,
2: it's the forbidden pet. Like the yeah. fish, like even the fish that damages are. Like, we can't keep doing this. Like, <laughs> I love your pet. That makes it more it tempting, doesn't yeah. it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Meeting down. In like in parking garages, giving like just a fish in a bowl. And he's like, you know what I need? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I need those dangerous pets.
2: One last time. How One did, last time.
1: How did you get here? And it's like a bowl on a roller skate. And he's like, how do you think? <laughs> yeah. So I did promise we would talk about electric eels, which is an eel you would definitely not want to touch. But it's also not actually an eel. So electric eels are not eels, they are knife fish. So they, they look a lot like eels. They're long, you know, they have that eel appearance, but they are actually in a different type of animal group. That was, see, there we go, another jingle. Nice. Uh, <laughs> they are freshwater fish found in Central and South America They are very eel-like, but they evolved separately. And they can indeed produce electric voltage using organs made of electrocytes, which are basically a bunch of tiny organic batteries that can produce electric charge. When a bunch of them are all stacked together, they can produce even more charge. So, this can result in shocks of up to 860 volts and 1 amp of current which is not deadly to a human, but it can give you a quick jolt of pain followed by numbness. Some people have likened it to a stun gun and that's kind of how they use it. So they can use that electric voltage to stun their prey. They can also use it as a way of like uh, sensing their environment, electroreception. Mm -hmm. And that, so yeah, it's like this multifunctional electricity, but sadly they aren't an eel. So, you know,
2: should we be concerned about them? Because yes. is there any other animal with electric, like, electropowers? Like, yes. It,
1: okay. Plata, platypus. A platypus uh, can electrocute you? No, Dave, I didn't say that. I didn't say a platypus could. Did I say that? No, no, no I didn't no, say no, that. No, no but they, they have electroreception, so they can sense electric power. Signals and that's how they hunt for okay. worms and other small squiggly things is in there, murky waters. Sharks can detect electricity, but is there any other
2: animal that can tase you?
1: That's a good question. I don't. I mean, there are other there are other electric fish okay. that can tase you, but I think that. That is the only animal I know of it, we, that can't electrocute you. It seems or, weird, I, and again, it can't electrocute you in the sense that it can't kill you.
2: Right, but it does seem concerning, right? Like we have all these animals. There's so many mm-hmm. of them, and there's yeah. like only like one or two that's like, oh yeah, and this one will electrocute you briefly. Well, and it's like, wait, why are they doing that? And they're like, I don't know. It's 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 got it's got power, ba- batteries, and like you just explained it, and it sounded like the people yeah. figured it out. It's just, I, I don't, batteries. it's weird. And I, if I were other animals, I'd be like, what the hell? Why don't I get to electrocute things? It
1: does seem unfair. It does seem like a little bit unfair where it's like, well, why doesn't every fish shoot lightning at
2: people? Yeah, imagine how awesome the ocean would be if they were all doing it. If they were all <laughs> Lord Raiden from Mortal Kombat just having a blast yeah. down there.
1: I guess like if you had too many, too many fish that could produce electricity, they'd all basically like electrify the water all the fish would die and it'd just be the sudden zap and like all the fish floating to the surface dead at once like a big blue whale just like
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's the ocean i want
1: i want an ocean that
2: if you step in like waves are terrifying i want i want a world where waves like beaches and waves are seen as like like volcanoes where it's like no you don't go to a beach are you crazy (laughs) What if some of that ocean water gets on you? You're gone. You're dead.
1: Well, when we get back, I want to talk about something called the sand shark, which sounds very terrifying. And I think you'll be surprised what it is. Okay. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Well, this question is misleading. Introversion and extroversion is not a strict binary and most people don't fall neatly into one category. There's even a label for this. Ambiverts. Both exhibit introverted and extroverted qualities. Honestly, I don't even think you can encompass the full scope of different personalities with just these three labels, introvert, extrovert, or ambivert. It seems like it's a much more complex spectrum. The existence of person Personality Tests may give us a sense that we can fall into a specific quantifiable category, but the truth is that personality tests lack the sophistication to capture your whole range of emotion and behavior. Psychologists often urge caution about putting too much faith in personality tests, especially outside the context of research. It may be fun to take personality tests, as long as you take them with a grain of salt, especially ones that place you into specific categories, rather than on a continuum of behavior. That said, when we return, we're gonna talk about an animal who's definitely on the extreme end when it comes to that behavior continuum, and it's known as the sand shark.
4: So visit snagajob.com or text SNAG to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: Imagine you're walking along some sandy desert dunes. Maybe you're in a sci-fi world where you wear weird outfits and take mind-altering drugs called the Spice. You know, basically, you're at Burning Man. Well, you suddenly feel the sand shift beneath your feet. A sinkhole opens up, sucking you in with surprising speed. But that's just the start of your problems. As the sand drains below you, you see rows of sharp, hungry teeth and an eyeless horror writhing beneath you. So, Dave, when you think, and this. Is, I guess it's a leading question, but I'm expecting you to probably answer something differently than I want you to, because, you know, that's, that's how mm-hmm. it goes mm-hmm. in, these, in these podcasts. But what do you think, like when you think of a reclusive animal, like a, a crazed reclusive ant- mammal, what do you think of?
2: Uh, I think of living in like a cabin uh, mm. in the woods, maybe working on a novel, and like maybe the kids are scared of him but like then it yeah. turns out or he or she turns out to be you know really nice in the end. Right. Um, or like yeah or like owns a scary dog and the kids get their baseball <laughs> stuck in their yard and they have to f- create a bunch of contraptions to get that ball out.
1: <laughs> well, I want to talk about something called The Sand Shark which is sort of the opposite of that. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a roller coaster because at first you're like Sand Shark that sounds really scary. I
2: mean, there, I think there's a horror movie called Sand Sharks. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, probably. Sand sharks, sand worms. Basically, you put sand and then a scary enough sounding animal after it. Right. Like sand tigers, s- sand lions.
2: Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, just burrowing around, their little yeah, tail sticking yeah. out.
1: <laughs> well, there is a mammal known as the golden mole, which is a family of fossorial mammals which means that they live mostly underground or spend a lot of their time underground and they look like a little it's kind of pokemon like it looks like a gold like a golden colored mole like a blondie version of a mole you know like a blondie brownie where you're like this looks brownie shaped but it's blonde um, and I'm, you know
2: yeah. yeah 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 those those little those weird lie the lie pastry yeah. cookie things
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. If you look in the dock, you can see a picture of this little guy.
2: Let me check this out. Oh, no. Uh, oh, it looks knows. like a shoe. looks like a yeah. fluffy shoe.
1: It kind of looks like, it just like looks like a furry little ball with a nose and little toes sticking out. Yeah. So here's here's the roller coaster ride, which is like you hear sand shark. You think, uh-oh, scary, you know, big teeth going to eat me. Then you look at this little guy and it's like, Oh, that's so cute. It's just a little, it's a little, little furry Koosh ball with a nose and feet. Right. And then, but then when you learn about this, it becomes terrifying again. At least if you're like a termite. Oh yeah. So, well, it's, yeah.
2: it's like if you, if you had a coworker whose nickname was like, uh, killer Steve and he was like a little guy and you're like, <laughs> what did he do? Like, you right. know, there's something <laughs> where, like, why did you, you get that name? Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's on a it's on a can of all the people I killed. See? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they are often, they have this, like, golden, almost like iridescent fur, but some species are brown or slate gray, which must suck to be called the golden mole. And it's like, well, why aren't you golden? And it's like, well, I don't know. You know, ask, ask my god. Ask the god mole why they didn't give right. me golden fur.
2: Ask the um, weirdo who named the not eels electric eels. Like... <laughs> We we're, yeah. we're 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 maniacs when it comes to naming these things.
1: Do you want to hear even more how much of a maniac we are when we come to naming animals, Dave? What? Because it makes no sense. Golden moles are not moles.
2: Uh, uh. is right. the system that whoever sees it first gets to name it, and yeah. we, there's no takesies backsies? Like yeah, people are no, just like, nope, that's it.
1: the name. Looks like a mole. Case closed. Yeah. <laughs> They look very much like a mole. They have the mole-like shape. They have the diggy claws, the little nose. They are also blind, so they have no eyes. Actually, they do have eyes, but they are completely covered in fur and skin, and they are totally non-functional. So they look like, oh, what are those, the... the the Tribbles in Star Trek yeah, uh, yeah they just they don't have like they do have a nose and claws but they have like no eyes and they look basically they look almost exactly like a mole but they're not a mole right. so they are in the order afroauricida which also contains Tinrix, which is something we talked about on the Pokemon episode called creature Mon and which also contains otter shrews which are are neither otters nor shrews. So, again, the naming of these animals, guys. Okay, so, again, recap, quick recap. Golden mole, not a mole. It's in this group called Afrosorichida, which contains tenric and otter shrews, which are not otters and they are not shrews. Okay, so the golden mole also looks... Almost identical to Australia's marsupial mole, which is not a mole. Again, so the Australia's marsupial mole is not a mole. It is an... It is a... Oh, okay. Let me start over. (laughs) The golden mole looks like a blonde mole, but it's not a mole. The golden mole looks very similar to the marsupial mole, which is also not a mole. It is a marsupial, even though it looks like a mole. But it's not related to the golden mole, which again is not a mole. Does that
2: it, it seems like what we're doing is we're disc- we we where we cross the line mm-hmm. as 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 a species mm-hmm. is when we started describing animals by using the names of other animals right cuz it's like i get it if something's like blue you call it blue whatever and and, and like uh, like you see something that looks like a mole you're like yeah that's like a mole like thing you get it it's a sort of mole Um, But then it makes it confusing.
1: Yeah. Well, when people discovered these, they just thought it was a mole, probably. And they didn't really, you know, question. It's like, oh, that that there's, I've seen those before. That's a mole. And they didn't think about this idea, like the idea of convergent evolution, where you have two animals who evolve independently to look almost identical, I think is hard to grasp for your, you know, 1800s guy going out and like mm, yes Watson I've found a golden mole yeah I've tried to eat it but there's not much meat on those bones <laughs>
2: I'm surprised they didn't describe everything as like some because like uh, I get it like everything's kind of a mole right. like my cat's kind of a mole it's right. small it's furry it's aggressive like uh, yeah I, it's like they're all it's all moles yeah. and possums and you stuff you've seen
1: those long sea moles yeah <laughs> I want to call them a tube mole, a, tube a water mole. tube mole. <laughs> <laughs> so, golden moles of southern Africa—again, not moles—they are introverts in the sense that they basically spend all their time burrowing underground to eat insects. So, without eyesight, they appear to use their feet and their heads to sense vibrations of predators and prey. And here, I don't know—I just wanted to throw this fact out. Uh, They have a cloaca like birds and reptiles, just just one hole that does it all. They're a real, real streamlined animal. No eyes, just one hole. They're really minim. They do have a mouth. They do have nostrils, but they're minimizing the amount of holes in their body.
2: Yeah. See, we just need a tube and just one hole. That's all we need. That's all we need to be.
1: We just need to be a tube, you guys. Yep. Learn from the eels and the golden moles. Yeah. Try to live that tube life. Tube life. <laughs> tube life. <laughs> And they also go into torpor when resting to conserve energy. So torpor is sort of like a mini hibernation where you slow down your bodily functions. So it's like a mega serious nap, but you can wake up out of it fairly quickly. So with hibernation, it's much more serious. It lasts longer, it's harder to wake up. Torpor, you can kinda, it's easier to wake up from. It's just like an extremely serious nap where your heart rate and breathing slow down dramatically and they yeah. have highly efficient kidneys and they don't really have to drink water so they can get most of their moisture from prey so they are just the most efficient little fuzzy donuts
2: <laughs> yeah they got it all figured out how do how do we how do we pretend like we're the the dominant species when these little girls are running around
1: I don't know i mean you know we say we're the most dominant but are we the most efficient
2: Oh, yeah, we're not we're definitely not the best species. Right. Uh like we don't I don't know what these moles are up to. Also, like they could be running at all. I don't know.
1: Well um, they do spend a lot of time underground. Do we spend a lot of time underground? No. no. So we don't know what they're doing down there.
2: Yeah. We don't know what they're scheming. <laughs> their little mole with their little mole plans. <laughs>
1: So there's a species of golden mole that spend all their time in sand dunes and they basically swim around under the sand and sneak up by sneak up on prey by burrowing under them and devouring them from below like one of those worm from trimmers or the sandworms from dune you can actually see them swimming under the sand like remember in looney tunes like when bugs bunny would burrow under the dirt and you'd see like a mound of dirt moving around it looks like that but in sand that's amazing and they are able to sense the vibration of insects walking on the sand above and they will just like get right under the insect and eat it up. Like imagine yeah, that's
2: literally the graboids and tremors. They feel vibrations. Right. Yeah,
1: right, right. And that's why that's why they are also called a dune shark. I don't know why they aren't called the graboid dune graboids, but you know, right? Yeah, um, they don't so so they just like imagine being like a little termite or they will occasionally even eat small reptiles but termites make up most of their diet and you're just like you know walking on the sand you don't see anything you know you're you're staying vigilant and then like a sinkhole swallows you up and then a mole that caused the sinkhole swallows you up again with its teeth it's just oh. horrifying
2: yeah, that is, that's that's horror movie stuff. That's, yeah. 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 Uh, but adorable.
1: Adorable. With, a,
2: with an animal that's so droopy it can't <laughs> so use its cute. eyes. It's like yeah. you're too squishy for sight. Uh, but I'm going to
1: eat you from below. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so these dune sharks, the golden moles that live on the dunes, don't tend to live in permanent burrows like other species of golden mole. They will just kind of like hang out in the sand. They'll live sort of in uh, in the nighttime. They like burrow into little like caves under plants and they will stick their whole head in the sand and listen for vibrations and burrow under and bugs bunny their way over to a group of insects or small reptiles and just, just eat them. Just wow. chow down on those poor little suckers.
2: They're doing a great job. They're, I really, I feel very like... I don't know, jealous, I guess. Like <laughs> they just seem to have it all everything perfectly figured out.
1: You want to live that like, sandy donut life. Yeah. Just just bur- I mean it does sound kind of luxurious in a way. You just kind of like and they like well, have this like shimmering golden fur and you see them just easily dive under the sand and they pop out and all the sand just like rolls off their back. It's
2: I think it's that burrowing animals always seem like they're living under their blankets.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Do you ever like I have those mornings where I basically just like rip off all the blankets from the bed. And as I move, because it's like I don't want to leave bed but I have to for some reason. So as a compromise, I bring most of the bed with me. Yes.
2: And then when you plant somewhere, you just sort of plant down in a a sleepy position. Right. And Uh, you just
1: kind of like burrito it up.
2: Right. You go, you you start the coffee maker, then you just lie straight down on the kitchen floor. (laughs) you're living the
1: golden mole lifestyle Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm actually named after the golden mole
2: i was gonna say you're living the golden lifestyle your your family name is is the the family name
1: is named after the golden mole okay even though it's spelled differently (laughs) (laughs) for copyright issues we had to change the spelling but yeah we are named after the golden moles
2: sure do you have do you have the same problem as me is you know when people like look up what does your name mean uh, mm-hmm. and it's like oh it means it means peacefulness or it means mm-hmm. this i looked up my last name and it was just like it's like an instrument man yeah, <laughs> it's I just bell. like okay fine yeah <laughs> like i don't know what i was expecting like yeah. is it kind of the same or they're like it's golden golden like yeah it's like i guess a- so
1: i don't really know like what i have i actually don't really know because it's g-o-l-d-e-n surprise surprise right. and it is a jewish name It is a Russian Jewish name, I think, originating somewhere near the Ukraine. And I don't know what it it means. Maybe it used to be like, maybe it was like Goldsmith at one point or, you know, Goldschmidt or something. And like, uh, but then it just got shortened to like, yeah, just golden or just golden, you know?
2: I hope it it goes all the way back to Dune Shark. Like you just follow it and they're like,
1: no, it means shark, Dune Shark. We were Golden Mole shepherds.
2: <laughs> yeah. Also Dune Shark I just realized is like that's like someone's Mad Max name. Like oh, that's yeah. that's an apocalypse Shark. name. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's got tubes coming out of his eyeballs or oh, something. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah, he's got tubes <laughs> coming out every which way. It's
1: These are very Mad Max mammals. Yeah. Just- so and so efficient admire their efficiency
2: they got it all figured out they i don't minimize know
1: minimize the whole minimize the holes and, and that's probably good because they're spending so much time underground like you're minimizing the amount of like holes that like sand can get into like yeah you don't want can't many get holes in, yeah it can't get in your eyes you don't need them you don't need your eyes because you're like like an earth bender listening to vibrations in mm-hmm. the ground and like, you, d- you only need one hole, really, like downstairs in the downstairs plumbing. Only one hole means less sand gets, gets in there. Right. Yeah, just really, really sleek redesign of a mammalian body that I enjoy.
2: Yeah, good, good on them. Good job, moles.
1: <laughs> Golden moles use their super hearing to their advantage, but for humans who are more introverted, noise can be a problem. A study published in the Journal of Environmental Psychology by Belosivec et al, found that a noisy environment can affect performances on mental arithmetic tasks, but it depends on whether you're more introverted or more extroverted. Participants responded to a questionnaire that estimated their leanings towards extroversion or introversion. Those that were more extroverted were able to complete the arithmetic tasks faster in noisy environments compared to quiet conditions. Conversely, more introverted people struggled with concentration and felt fatigue during noisy conditions compared to quiet conditions. The study does not reveal causation, that is, whether introversion or extroversion causes the difference in mental processing, or if introverted and extroverted lifestyles change the way your brains work in different environments. Either way, it does show that if you're more introverted and you have trouble concentrating in noisy environments, you're not alone. When we return, we'll talk about an animal that barely makes a sound, but whose bark is worse than its bite.
4: so visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: So Dave, this may be an odd question for you given how much you are a party animal, love to party. hmm But have you ever been to a party or social gathering, like, you know, in the before times? You should be doing zero partying now. Right. Uh, But when you wished you could just kind of flatten up against the wall and, like, just, like, blend into the wallpaper or sort of lay on the ground and pretend to be a rug and just kind of, like, flatten flatten on the ground and like still listen to people's conversations but nobody notices you're there right
2: right you just ooze you just turn like t1000 you just like yes. turn into the wall i mean exactly. i no, i'm i love i love parties i'm always ah, like everybody it. look at
1: me gosh uh, darn it i knew i knew party
2: part- yeah center center of attention pa- best parties.
1: party boy yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I would do the equivalent of, you know, going to the bathroom
1: and, yes, and yes.
2: figuring out how how many times I could go to the bathroom where it didn't seem like I had, like, diarrhea. But yeah, like,
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a delicate balance. Yeah. That was my sanctuary in, in high school and college, just, like, got to go to the bathroom. Right. And, you know, like, oops, like, what's on my cell phone? Oh, that, I got a text, and that means I have to go to the bathroom now. Right. Oh,
2: yeah, the phone... <laughs> Phone really yeah. helps.
1: Yeah, phone helps. Pets pets help. Like you oh, just yeah. absorb, like someone has a dog, you just absorb the dog into your being. So it's right. like me and this dog, we've got important matters to discuss.
2: You ever have it though? I've had this happen where you do, where the pets... Well, you, you gravitate to the pet and the pet even is like look I have other people to hang yes, out with. Yes, the pet rejects like, you. Yeah, it's, with the, it's rejection, the final. it's like yeah. look you're you're great, but it's been a it's been an hour, so I'm yeah. gonna see who oh, else yeah. is around
1: oh absolutely i've like i've like clung to a pet and the pet is is just like you know like okay it's like it was nice to meet you but like could you not be so clingy you're like really cramping my style right exactly yeah and it's and it's a pug and it's just like no please (laughs) please don't leave me (laughs) well i want to talk about an animal that has perfected the wallflower method by basically just doing exactly what i described and this is the wraparound spider so dave there is a picture uh, do you are you uh oh, afraid of spiders? look at him he's cute oh that's good i'm glad i find them cute too
2: i have okay this is my my spider history is my best friend growing up had a tarantula and so when I would sleep over, my face would be aligned with the terrarium, <laughs> so I'd wake up to like this tarantula just staring at me. Uh, and so what that did was it gave me like a little bit of nostalgia for them, but yeah. smaller. Oh my sp-
1: god! It's like it's like what the that aquarium is doing to the eels, where right. it's habituating the eels to the human faces. In this scenario, you were the eel, and the tarantula <laughs> face was the human face, right. and it habituated you to the tarantula face. You're right, I was the eel the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, another, another thing
2: that, um, like, I got, I found littler spiders a little creepy. Like, I mm. like them when they're fluffy. Um, yes, fluffy but- spiders. Another thing that made me like spiders more is my cat. Because she's like a big old tarantula. She's got, yeah. she scuttles. She's got like, yeah. you know, they got dead eyes, insect yeah. eyes. Uh, and she's so, got
1: arachnid energy for sure.
2: Yeah. And so like that actually has made me more like like spiders more. Because I'm like, oh, look at them <laughs> scuttle. <laughs> they just want treats. Mm-hmm. But not any treat. The, sp- the specific treat. Well, this They'll one is... The
1: I've seen people describe this as horrifying. To me, it's really cute just because it's such a shy little... little it's just so shy. They right. just want to be... Just So basically... This shy Australian cutie likes to flatten itself and wrap around a tree branch, which is a form of krypsis to make it look like a bit of bark or lichen and blend seamlessly into the branch due to a mottled leopard-like coloration. So it's kind of, it's brown, sort of mottled, it looks a little bit like a piece of bark, but it doesn't just sit on the branch, it wraps around it like, you know, like a slap bracelet? Yeah, it, it's like a slap bracelet, <laughs> but made out of a spider. it's it just like
2: <laughs> slap bracelet, <laughs> or a cute one. Sorry, not to not to keep going on the cuteness of spiders, but I think part of what makes them cute is that they're kind of horrifying.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I,
2: I had a friend describe them perfectly as their lives are a combination of mortal terror and insatiable bloodlust. Right. Like that's that's their two modes. Is like they're like I right. don't want to die, and I just want some blood.
1: There's this video of a spider getting spooked, like getting startled. And, you know, it's it starts out, you know, that has got these big slender legs and it's crawling towards you. And it's got that spooky spider energy and then someone startles it. And it just does a thing that, you know, like most creatures do when they're startled where it kind of jumps and then just like starts to... Flail away in a panic! All its legs operating right. in just a panic, just flailing. It, it's like a and it's so awkward, aliens. you know, like yeah. skidding across the floor, stumbling and tripping a bit. You know, it's just right? So, they're horrifying, so but they're like,
2: I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs>
1: i'm a right. monster yeah because they they're horrifying to little insects that they eat but like yeah. to a human like they they'll look up to you like mid digesting a fly and and look like uh oh um yeah I'm so, please oh oh god I, this is <laughs> awkward oh geez uh such <laughs> little
2: monsters they also seem to know exactly they know exactly how to bother us how to freak yeah. us out Like I remember, I was driving once, and a spider just started dangling down from the (laughs) ceiling in front of my eyes, and it's like this spider could kill me
1: right Right. now. But it's all unintentional, right? Just. Just hanging on a thread and then it kind of slowly turns around until it's face to face with you. And you can imagine it just doing a tiny gulp. Just like, right. uh-oh. <laughs> it's like it's like being
2: dressed like a werewolf in public and you keep scaring mm-hmm. children. And you don't want
1: to <laughs> scare children.
2: Right. But you, you're not going to take off. You can't take off the werewolf costume. I'm so it's sorry just like, I have oh, so God. many
1: legs. Yeah, <laughs> It comes I for you, so it's me too. I can't change who I am. <laughs> so the wraparound spider... Tries to be as obsequious as possible by wrapping around a tree branch. Its body is flat and disc shaped, and its belly is convex, so it can actually, it's like perfectly molded to wrap around a tree branch, like a glove, a glove Hmm. made out of spider, and it is fuzzy. So it's. I, like, I find these cute, but I will admit, like, if I was walking around in Australia and I rested my hand on a branch and I was like, huh, this is fuzzy. And then I look over and it's just this little spider going like, ah, hello. I would <laughs> full on panic. Just, right. Cause I'd be done. It'd kill me from it's shock. The,
2: yeah, that's the thing. It's the surprise factor. Yeah. Like, I, part of me is like, I kind of want to wrap one to wrap around my finger or my arm. Right. I think that would be like a hug. It would be like a warm, fuzzy hug. But if I were to, yeah, put my hand on a branch and this happened, you gotta know it's
1: coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's a good rule for any hug. I would say you gotta know it's coming and like (laughs) be accepting of it.
2: Right.
1: So it is not actually doing this to startle us and to like just like you know give us a good spook. It is doing this to protect itself from predators. So this is their daily routine. Every night, they construct a simple web to catch prey and they tear it down every morning so that they leave no trace and they can hide against the tree and remain safe from predators. And so, yeah, they're just really terminally shy. Oh,
2: they know. I mean, I, they're, yeah, I get it. They're like, look, I'm not really living life this way, but I'm living. <laughs> right. right. I am like,
1: alive. Am I living? No, I am yeah. alive though. Yeah. It's, it's like,
2: it's like uh, again, it's like an apocalypse. It's like the road where it's like keep moving, have a small camp, don't draw any attention to right. yourself.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, I, I imagine just like them getting really nervous and starting to sweat. They don't sweat really, but like if there's a bird or another predator nearby, they're just like on the branch kind of like silently sweating going like, I'm a branch. 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 <laughs> yeah, <you're> right? <laughs> just
2: some bird feet, like right mm-hmm. near them, like kind yeah. Of slowly. Yeah.
1: Just just a normal branch. Just doing just normal branch. branch stuff. Normal branch.
2: They should have done what other spiders in, you said this, Australia, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And just get big enough to kill the birds. <laughs> that seems like a technique.
1: Just shoot lightning. Why yeah. don't all animals yeah, shoot just lightning? Shoot lightning. Oh, man. <laughs> So one other reason to love these spiders is they're not a threat to humans. They do have a mild venom, t- and but that's really just for their prey. They, that venom is not typically dangerous to humans who aren't allergic, which again, like don't just go poking a spider because you don't know if you're going to be allergic, have a bad reaction. Right. And also leave the spider alone. Yeah, just leave it alone. Come on. They're shy. They're they're. They're poor little shy guys. Yeah, and gals. Yeah, I, I feel like we would be less afraid of spiders if we viewed them as extremely awkward, shy little nerds, just yeah, <laughs> trying to trying to blend in, and they will go to great lengths to not be noticed by you, and like. Seriously, serious length. So, I want to talk about Phrynorachne decipiens, which okay. is also known as the bird dropping spider. Oh no. So, there are a few types of spiders and other insects that will actually try to look like bird droppings, but this one really takes it to another level. I think this is the best bird-dropping mimic I've ever seen. So this spider is a very shy little crab spider from Malaysia who wants to, is so desperate to go unnoticed by predators that it mimics a pile of poo, which is also what I do when I don't, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when mm-hmm. you don't, it's like, especially now, like when I'm trying to socially distance. So like, as, like if I look like a piece of bird poop, like, right, you know, or just a pe
2: like yeah you you get your you get your blankets that you've right. been having with you all day, and you wrap right. up like a like a piece of poop.
1: And you they're also like covered in bird poop because of all the birds I've been litting letting inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't go outside. Come inside, right? Yeah. share the space with me. Poop on my blankets. Become one. Yeah. So these bird dropping spiders are like the Daniel Day Lewis of bird poop. They have the role of the lifetime. They only um, work
2: every like five years.
1: (laughs) It is literally life or death. So this is the role of a lifetime pretending to be bird poop. So the spider's belly is chalky white with a kind of light shine on it. It's got these black legs with some splotches of white. Take a look at that photo of wow this, this thing is,
2: is the poop around it part of the spider?
1: mm, that's an interesting question okay. and the one I will answer.
2: um you know what I appreciate about this spider Mhm he he or she they they they're not disguising themselves as something we're gonna want to touch right, right, so it's a good like they're not you know they're not uh, the gummy bear spider or right, anything right. like that like they're, they're not, not the dollar look, bill spider, yeah. I want god i want one of those to exist or it's like as a bizarre coincidence they mm-hmm. just look like our currency and every time you see a dollar bill on the ground you have to ask yourself is, is this, this going to be a spider <laughs> am i gonna touch it is it gonna bite me and scuttle away
1: yeah uh, so you do have to be careful around bird poop in malaysia because it could be a spider so sure. you know as tempting as it is to touch the bird poop could be a spider mm-hmm. so it maybe that's why we stop touching bird poop you know makes you think
2: yeah no it does <laughs> it totally <laughs> makes you think because yeah everybody loves bird poop
1: <laughs> so it will lay on its belly and curl in its legs to physically mimic a piece of dripping splattered bird poop So like you mentioned earlier, it looks impossible because it also looks like the ground below it is splattered bird poop. And any bird poop actor knows that staging and atmosphere are the most important parts of embracing your character as being bird poop. So. So it weaves a flat white bed of sticky web wow. that it anchors itself to. So it's not just to look like bird poop, although it does. It, it gives this really nice stage of, you know how like if a, if there's a piece of bird poop, it kind of splatters. There's like a flat part of white, dry, crusty bird poop. And then a sort of like moister bulb of <laughs> bird duty. Right, right. This is like the spider is made this effect. So its web is this flat white it looks like dried bird poop and then the spider itself looks like that like little chunk of extra bird poop on top with you know and the black legs modeled with the white it is stunning how detailed its coloration is to look like splattered bird bird duty
2: I have a question about this spider (laughs) and the last one yeah how do they know to do this
1: I mean they they don't so they're spiders, right? They don't have the biggest brains. They don't really know that they're doing this. They're not like, even though I like to right. joke about it, they are not like, all right, today's another day to pretend to be a piece of poop. Right?
2: They aren't. They aren't a group of spiders of the same right. species who is like, hey, I have an idea. Right? <laughs> you see those bird poop? But like, I uh, this is probably a dumb question because it no. applies to just animal behavior in general. Yeah. But like has it seen bird poop and it knows to do that? (laughs) How does, what is in its DNA that knows I need to look like bird poop?
1: It's a very good question actually. And I think it's an important one to answer because when you look at these animals, you're like, okay, there's no way that God isn't just a giant like spider or a giant bird. who's like, and you'll look like poop because it's funny. Yeah, But so how this happens and it's not that it's not, planned by the spider. So think of the spider as like a really sophisticated computer program or a little robot. And whenever there is a mutation, it's often mutations are bad. So they don't really do anything either bad or neutral. But occasionally there will be a mutation that increases an organism's chance of survival. And it's this only makes sense when you realize how long millions of years is. Like, millions of years is a really long time. It's it's just a massive amount of time, especially for an animal like a spider that reproduces so quickly, has a relatively short lifespan and reproduces. So you'll have many, many generations, even within a year, and then multiply that by by millions and millions of years. And so you'll get, basically you have this computer program. It's not not actual I'm not saying spiders are drones. I'm not starting a conspiracy theory. Sure. But you, you have this like organic program running, which is that if it passes on its DNA, then that DNA is like the next generation of DNA. So like uh, any, anything that prevents it from getting eaten, is passed on to the next generation. So you could have a slight alteration, like maybe, you know, and and there can be like weird twists and turns to evolution as well. Like the webbing could have been to trap little insects or to steady itself on a leaf. And then, but it looked kind of like bird poop. So predators avoided it because there are, once you have like you do like have visual systems that can recognize like okay this is the shape of bird poop so if you're a if you're a bird or another predator or a jumping spider which is one of their predators and it looks it's looking for a specific pattern that to it reads food whereas bird poop is like that's bird poop you know that's not good but so it's so, so millions of years of these changes and then, okay, and then it has a mutation where it's kind of, its belly is white. Wow, okay, that one actually survives more because it looks even more like bird poop. And then also changes in its its brain and its instincts where it does certain things that make it survive better. So, again, like, it's basically a computer that is able to self-replicate over millions of years and change its own programming and yeah it's gonna turn into bird poop is what I'm saying
2: right that does make sense it's it's a bizarre path yeah these specific spiders happen to take where they were in the right area where it was like yeah okay so I, I'm getting it where it's like it's evolution this spider that just happened to look this way by pure coincidence didn't even realize that it was right. doing this yeah where it's like oh I just look less edible and the more right. and then like the, that's the one that survived, and then it kept going. Like we could be that we could look exactly like the poop of aliens, and we don't even know <laughs> it. We have no idea.
1: I think that is what is confusing when we think about evolution, because humans can, and some animals potentially can, make conscious survival decisions. So, but like we humans, do,
2: yeah, we do. Like, why do we have hair? It's like I don't know, and it's like, well, because.
1: Because it looks cool and it's fun to feather.
2: Right. But uh, (laughs) after like all this time, it's just that's like the way you'd ask the spider, like, why do you look like that? They're like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Like I didn't decide to look this way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so it is. Yeah, it's I mean, like when you think about it, it is crazy how much complexity you get through evolution. So it also emits a stinky odor that smells like bird droppings, which doesn't just you know seal the deal and really sell its method acting but it also attracts small insects like its prey that are super into bird poop which works out really well for the bird dropping spider because it's like all the things it doesn't want to notice it like are not into eating bird poop but little insects that like it would be into coming over and checking it out like are into bird poop so it comes over it's it's the perfect perfect disguise right much like
2: the money spider I want to exist, yeah. we should always be thankful that our food doesn't like that, that it's not like okay, um this Burger King is good. don't go to this one because it's actually a giant spider <laughs> like i'm glad I'm glad that our like restaurants and stuff don't trick us Right. well, they do, but you know what I mean uh, yeah they don't they' there's not like monsters uh, pretending right. to be restaurants,
1: right. I'm trying to think of like, so if I'm trying to make friends, like what would I dress up as to lure in the people that I want to get to know while turning off everyone that I wouldn't want to get to know? Mm. Right now, it's by wearing a face mask outside. Right, that helps. Because it's like all the responsible good people are like, hey, that's great. I love that you're wearing a face mask. And all the terrible people think i'm being weird so right
2: i think the face mask is it until it's until it suddenly until like you know in like i don't know five years from now when it's hopefully not a problem anymore hopefully (laughs) like then it would be weird to wear a face mask but it's
1: gonna be hard though i think it'll be it'll be good like i'm not saying i don't want it to happen i do But it's just going to be like
2: you're going to feel untethered. It's going to
1: feel, yeah, naked. I'll feel naked. You'll talk to me in my face and I'll feel naked like we're having some kind of weird interaction. Like, I feel like, do I need to put underpants on my face? You know? Uh,
2: Yeah, you could. That would also guarantee that only the cool people would go up. to That's
1: yes, exactly. Putting underpants on your face is sort of the bird dropping spider method right of.
2: well i gotta tell you as someone who who was a, a punk for very long that is kind of the purpose of looking like a punk i like didn't the mohawk know you and were stuff. a
1: punk oh yeah what? i had a, oh my god Tommy! i me. had a
2: mohawk for the better part of my or for Are you most of oh my, my god
1: twen- 20s how did i not oh my god yeah, how did pictures? i not know this
2: i lived with a punk band
1: Oh my uh, God!
2: I I went to punk like I went to London and did like a punk festival there. Oh my God! I've been, I did. I've Dave. done a lot of punk stuff. Yeah. What
1: the hell? How did I not? Are you? You're not like this? Isn't a joke? I'm not getting. getting no. Trained. Oh that's, my God! My favorite that's...
2: bands are like British 70s punk. Oh
1: my God! Like like
2: Bar and. I'm and
1: dizzy the right now learning attics. this about you.
2: Yeah. I I, I still listen to punk. But, like, I used to dress like a punk. I'll, yeah. I'll send you some pictures.
1: That's um, incredible.
2: But that's sort of part. Of, there's a lot of reasons for the punk aesthetic. But one of them was always, like, almost just so punks can identify each other.
1: Right. Because, like, right. when
2: you're walking around, like, uh, in public, like, during, when you yeah. know there's, like, punk shows in the area right. or punk festival, you see the mohawks. You see, you right, see Liberty Spikes. Plumage. You're like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then,
1: you, and then you, like, and then you call out, oi! Oi! Yeah. Oi! Oi! And then, like, have your your mohawk go up like a cockatoo.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. When you know you're scared.
1: Guess how I dressed in high school. How? And in my 20s. No, no, you have to guess.
2: Okay. Well, I know you're into metal, right? Mm hmm. That's true. I'm going to say, like, you're, like, ripped jeans. Uh, Maybe, like, a Megadeth or, like, a Halloween (laughs) T-shirt. Like, real 80s style. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Sadly, no. I dressed (sighs) like a total dork. I, uh, you know, just, like, wore basically jeans and sweaters most of the time. And then in college, I had this brief period of time where I look, I don't know why I did this, but I wanted to dress sort of like a glam hair metal and yes. so i would wear like i wore like skirts over jeans didn't it didn't really make a whole lot of sense
2: that's you know? great i should note in high school i was a mess too it was my 20s where i like i always liked punk but i never dressed like right
1: until. but
2: yeah. uh i mean yeah do glam metal man yeah that's great
1: yeah and then someone asked me like why are you wearing a skirt over jeans and i was like, well y- well, you never know when, like, a breeze is going to come by. And, you know, I right. like the look of the skirt, but I like the comfort of the jeans.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, got both, you got both
1: worlds
2: there. <laughs> uh. yeah, that sounds, I don't know about that. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, Dave, thank you so much for joining me today on this journey to discover the invertebrate wait no introverts (laughs) introvertebrates uh (laughs) animals um do you have anything to plug
2: oh no um yeah i think i do i i i code i co-run a podcast network with tom ryman it's called gamefully unemployed our our podcast is called it's it's i think it's marked as story mode on like uh, iTunes and and the and the other podcast places, but you can also just check out our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/GamefullyUnemployed. Uh, you can also hit me up on on the on the Twitters at, at moviehooligan.
1: Movie Hooligan. Awesome, and you can find me on the internet uh, at Creature Feature Pod on Instagram. I'm gonna try now actually loading pictures of the animals that we talk about on the Instagram. So it we also have them in the footnotes, but if you're on another platform and those aren't working for you, I'm going to try to get those up on the Instagram as well. So that's at Creature Feature Pod on Instagram, at Creature Feet Pod on Twitter. That's F E A T, not F E E T. That's something very different. And mm. you can find me on Twitter at Katie Golden. And, you know, just like my Katie thoughts, like, they're not necessarily related to the podcast, just Katie thoughts. And as always, I am at Pro Bird Rights as well where I am fighting for everyone's rights to be a bird or bird poop. I don't judge. I don't judge. Thanks to the Space Cossacks for their groovy song, Ex Illumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit iHeartRadio.com, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to your shows. See you next Wednesday.
4: More info now.